This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everybody. I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Jen Donovan. Now, Jen is an absolute legend in the small business sector. She's the host of a slew of brilliant small business podcasts, Stories from the Bush, Small Business Made Simple and Along the Murray, as well as being the founder of Social Media and Marketing Australia, the founder of Buy from a Bush Business, which has something like 355,000 members. And she's the co-founder of Australia's premier marketplace for rural and regional small businesses, spendwithus.com.au. Now, while she wears a lot of hats, she's not here to chat about any of those today. Instead, Jen will be joining us to give us the lowdown on the findings from the Big Small Business Survey. And I'm super excited to hear what she has to say. Jen, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me today. Absolute pleasure. So excited to come and chat to you about our survey that we did. Yes, the Big Small Business Survey. It's got an excellent title, I must say. (laughs) Kind of explains what we're after, doesn't it? (laughs) Some great marketing right there. (laughs) Yes. So so it it was your first year running the survey. Can you explain a, a little bit for our listeners about why you and your cohort decided it was time for a survey like this. There was like a a group of five of you behind this, all of of whom are probably very familiar to our flying solo audience. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So David Jennings was involved, myself, um, Andrew Griffith, uh, Katrina McCarter and um, Dale Beaumont. We were the five um, that were involved and it really just started with a conversation um, I know Katrina had had with me and she'd also had with Andrew around, you know, just small businesses feeling like they're a little bit unheard. We feel that what was a way that we could help not only make businesses feel heard, but also perhaps inject some change into what's actually happening out there in the landscape. Personally, I am from rural Australia, so I really felt like rural Australia was sort of not being heard and not sort of connecting with what policies were being introduced and what governments were saying, um, and also a little bit of what the media was saying. So we thought, one great way is to actually hear from the people that we want to help. So that, of course, was the small businesses. So that's really how it came about, was just looking for ways to help and also for us to learn as well. Like small business is all of our audiences. So to learn a little bit more about you know what was going on in their land um, was a really great initiative as well. Mm. You're absolutely right because... I was chatting to you before we started and we're, it, the the way that small business is depicted as, you know, the backbone of the economy, the, the heart of Australia, blah, 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 like all these kind of cliches come out of whenever people talk about small business and it's like, hooray, hooray for small business. But where is the actual action 
and support. That's how I feel kind of a lot of times when we're talking about small business here. The kind of the sad truth is when it comes to policies, small businesses are rarely consulted. Often they're overlooked when when it's time for assistance is needed. And I think you guys doing this survey, it's a great opportunity for the people that are making those policies to get a real insight of what small business owners are actually needing and how how they can be helped. I mean, it seems like a great tool to kind of instigate change. Yeah, and look, I guess we have to be realists as well that we were coming off two years of a pandemic and small business has actually changed a lot. I think the way people, consumers interact with small business had changed, but also small business owners had changed as well. So that was the other thing that we really wanted to get a bit of a handle on was how has business changed? What does it look like? And, um, you know, like you said, it was the first year that we had done it, but it is something we would like to keep doing um, year on year to really notice the trends and notice the changes of what's going on in this small business landscape, which, like you say, everyone calls the backbone of the economy. And if you look at the stats, it really is, uh, you know, one of the backbones of the economy and yet really isn't given the limelight that it's needed. Mm. I'm all about giving the small business the limelight, so I'm really, <laughs> I'm really grateful that you 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 guys have done this survey because uh, some valuable insights have come out of it. I think. Now, I'd like to get into a little bit of the nitty gritty of that. So, can we talk about the results that that have come in and the findings from the survey? Yeah, absolutely. So I think just to sort of start off, um, you know, about 55% of the people who answered the survey were between 41 and 56. And over 96% of the people who did the survey had a turnover of less than 4.9 million. So that kind of just gives you a bit of an idea of who actually filled out the survey. But probably um, one of the biggest things we found was that small business owners were really looking at, you know, how do they grow in this economy now? Things have changed. Things are looking a little bit different. So actually over 36% of them, that was one of the uh, sorry, the key top challenges that we found was people like, how do we grow our businesses in this economy? So that was a really interesting stat as well. Um, I think as far as small business owners went, um, you know, we hear a lot on the news about, you know, them not being able to employ staff or can't get the staff that they want. But really, I think that didn't sort of come through so much in a survey, but it was more how does the business owner keep up? with the all the things that a small business owner needs to do. Mm. So there was kind of a bit of a sense of overwhelm? Yeah, definitely a sense of overwhelm for the small business owners. And that sort of came through with the rest of the top challenge, the top findings, which were how to find more customers, how to manage cash flow, um, you know, I think the survey, um, I think the stat was something like almost 23% of them were experiencing some sort of burnout as small business owners, which I think will be a really interesting stat to watch as we do this survey year on year to see whether the burnout was a COVID lockdown businesses change thing or whether it's actually a thing that small business owners are experiencing, always have, but have never really been asked about it. Mm, because I, I think there is um, a perception of 
amongst the community that small businesses are uh, overwhelmed and overworked and that probably has been around way before COVID. But it, it will be interesting, I think, to understand how the pandemic and the lockdowns and then the recovery, which was quite um, kind of almost frenzied to begin with when businesses first started coming back because there was a, so much demand for small business when when the lockdown ceased and now kind of everything's settled down and then also there's a this bit of a slide because of the economic downturn like charting that emotional well-being journey I think is going to be something very very interesting over the next couple of years so kind of what sort of stats were you seeing in terms of mental health challenges from the past year or so were there particular things that were keeping people up at night yeah, look, the mental health one was um, a really interesting one to sort of do. It's not my zone of genius. So I really loved, um, you know, the stats that came through around mental health. Um, the sort of key stresses that we found that small business owners were under were not having enough money to provide themselves, pro- uh, sorry, provide for themselves or their family. Um 10% of people found it hard to have decent boundaries around work and um, family. So, you know, that whole uh, balancing act that everyone is going through. Um, the stat did show that 58% of small business owners had experienced a health challenge, a mental health challenge in the last two years. Mm. Um, I think that stat was quite astonishing and not surprising all at the same time. Uh, mm. It was interesting then to see the breakdown of how many actually what they did about that mental health challenge that they were having. And I have to say the highest stat was um, actually about 21% actually reached out to fellow business owners to chat about what was going on. And they really felt that that was one of the best ways that they could get through their mental health challenge, which I think, you know, is a fantastic thought as far as, you know, um, small business owners helping small business owners and sort of having that community around you to sort of help you through the ebbs and flows of small business. What would be the recommendations um, in that mental health area for policy or or um, local government changes that could support mental health for small business owners? Yeah, I think um, I'm not uh, that okay with government policy around mental health issues, but I know one of the biggest issues is actually trying to get counsellors and trying to get therapists and things like that. So, you know, the stat does bring up the whole survey brings up questions on questions, I guess, you know, did most people reach out to another small business owner to seek help, to seek that chat because they couldn't see a professional because it was hard to go and see a professional or there's just not the professionals out there to see. So is that sort of like governments need to start looking at, you know, universities and how many people are coming through, uh, where the leakages are, you know, uh, is a certain industry taking all of the graduates or are they not filtering through into more country areas that they're staying Mm. in cities there's all that sort of thing that yeah like it's all very well to say they reached out and spoke to a fellow business owner which I think is fantastic that people are willing to speak about their mental health challenges but what is that the result of is that the result of 
yeah, just not having a professional to go and see or uh, of course the time that we're talking about you know, it was so hard to see a doctor uh, there were so many hoops to go through to actually see a doctor so I think questions on questions is what the survey brings out um, as far as mental health challenges go but I think just government's um, all the way down from federal to local, recognising that there is a mental health crisis going on, whether you're in the city or in the country, and thinking, how can we help this? Uh, you know, how can we actually build some strategies around helping these small business owners or really anybody in the public, but specifically we're talking about small business owners today? Mm. Um, a couple of questions just from that. I mean, you're from a regional area. Was there in the survey kind of any um, findings in terms of mental health that lean more towards there being issues for those in regional areas because they didn't have that same access as people in the city? Yeah, the stat was um, a little bit higher for reaching out to people who were non-professionals. So reaching out to fellow business owners, reaching out to family members, uh, family and friends type of thing. That stat was higher in the regional areas than what it was in, um, and, you know, I guess I broke down all the regional uh, figures and stats because that's where uh, my passion sort of lies. Uh, So I did actually notice that there was a bit of a difference in that stat. Not too much, but there was a noticeable difference Uh, and again that just makes me question is because there isn't the resources in rural and regional or in country areas as opposed to city areas but I don't know the answer to that because I think cities probably went through bigger lockdowns if you you know especially if you take Melbourne for instance they had bigger lockdowns than Mm. what the country people did so um, yeah again a really great stat to be watching in the 2023 edition of this um, survey. Mm. And what about um, small business owners' teams? Like, uh, you know, I think I guess you like to think wherever you're employed that your employer has your best interests at heart. But when you're a small business and um, you have a team, that relationship is face-to-face and very intimate usually. So was there a sense that they also not only had to look after their own mental health but the mental health and well-being of their teams as well. Yes, definitely, definitely. I think that, you know, that stat of, you know, one of their biggest challenges was looking after their staff, you know, looking after their own mental health, but the mental health of their staff, but also just having enough money to be paying staff to be able to keep them on. Because, you know, when you employ people, you realise you do have, you know, a duty of care or a bit of a responsibility to put food on more tables than just your own. So I, I think there was definitely that pressure sort of coming through as a sentiment to the survey for sure. Um, 33% of small business owners said they were experiencing issues finding and hiring quality staff um, during the time of the survey. So I think, again, you know, is that um, a repercussion of the years that we've been through or, you know, is that something that's going to be ongoing? Um, And again, does that come down to people's mental health where they were just just couldn't work anymore that wasn't the stability there so um and therefore that has ongoing repercussions of then needing to hire new staff so it's kind of like a pandora's box really (laughs) Uh, yeah Uh, especially at the moment when it comes to staffing hopefully um some of the changes to immigration policy will Mm. mean that there will be 
you know, more people able to come in to fill in some of those skilled roles that we're missing. But yeah. what about um, training and uh, access to training or access to money to help train people? Was Did, did that come up as, as something of concern? No, we didn't really. I don't think that was really a, a question we tended to ask there about training. It was more around, you know, uh, have you actually you know, increased um, wages? Uh, have you found that, you know, you, you've been unable to increase wages because you've had to increase, you know, everything else that your inputs and your outputs have increased and things like that? So it wasn't a specific question that we asked, but a great question to ask in the 2023 one. I think, um, you, you know, quite a few of the small business owners around staffing was one of the questions was, you know, if you can't, what, happens if you can't find staff um, and the biggest result for that which was around 20% was they basically would have to ask their staff to work longer hours um, yeah. which was a little bit different in the uh, rural stats or the regional stats that I pulled out which were basically the small business owner going well I'll either have to work longer hours or I might have to close my business so that was one of the things that I found um was a little bit different as we, you went through and broke the stats up to city versus country respondents. Mm. And uh, I remember you mentioned at the top of the survey that a lot of the businesses had been in business for over 10 years. Was that um, across the board or was it more specific to rural areas or city areas or there was no real differentiator? No, there really wasn't any differentiator in that. Um, I did find that, uh, you know, I said at the start there that um, 96% of respondents said that their turnover was less than 4.9 million. Interesting um, in rural and regional areas, the highest stat, and I don't know exactly off the top of my head what the stat was, but the highest stat with the income bracket was under $50,000. So the major, like the majority of people who answered from a rural and regional area were actually turning over less than $50,000, which um, it was a little mm. bit scary to sort of look at that. And then, of course, then you go, well, that's why they can't afford to pay staff because, you know, they're barely affording to pay themselves. They can't afford to pay themselves. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. That's what I found the most interesting with the whole survey was just looking at the stats and then, you know, again, you would ask more questions or you would actually get the answer to some of the questions, um, yeah, that you were kind of thinking in your head. Like I had to, the marketing one, which is, you know, I guess my little section was about marketing and there was 64% of people saying they expected to increase their marketing spend in 2023 but um, 83% of them actually said they had little to no marketing plan in place. So from my point of view, it was like, what are you spending your extra money on? You don't, you haven't got a plan. <laughs> so that was, kind of, again, it was like one of those stats when you put, glue them together, you really start to get a really good sense and picture of what's actually happening out there and where small business owners actually do need um, more guidance and more help, whether that be through, um, you know, government policy or, you know, coaching and mentoring sort of uh, things that come out of both government and private sectors. Mm. Did you dive in to see where they were actually spending their money? 
Um, most we didn't really dive in to say where they were spending their money. It was more so where they were spending their time um, for their marketing, and of course, well, same uh, thing, be, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Although it, you know, it would be no surprise to anyone to know that most people were spending the majority of their marketing time on social media, which. Mm. Technically is free, but um, I think we all know if it's for free, you are actually the product. Um, So they're spending most of their time doing what they think is free marketing, but also their time is worth money. So they're trading, you know, trading time for money, I guess, thinking that, you know, I spend an hour you know, doing my social media, but I actually charge out $60 an hour. So technically it costs me $60. It Mm. wasn't free. Yeah. (laughs) So what were... Did you uh, look at, um, you know, were they using it as a brand awareness kind of thing or were they using it to try and convert to sales or you didn't kind of look that deeply? Yeah, look, I think um, I can't remember the stats off the top of my head, but there was definitely a breakdown of businesses that were using it uh, you know, more to try and drive sales and then creating that brand awareness. They were the two top stats that we fi- found as to why people were using social media. Um, interesting enough, the success of that was more around brand awareness. They found they were getting a lot more success uh, using it for brand awareness than what they were using it for sales. But again, I go back to, uh, you know, not having a plan. Uh, It's awfully hard to sort of, uh, you know, what is it? If you don't know which road to take, any road will do. So I suspect that's one of the reasons why um, brand awareness was working better for most businesses. (laughs) yeah it's hard to use um marketing to grow your business without actually having a plan of how you're gonna do it yeah Mm. it is it is uh, like I think um I think the stat was something like 54 percent of people actually one of the problems they found the biggest problems with social media was actually coming up with the content so um and then 45 percent of them found social media too time consuming so again you know 80 percent of them are using it for social for growing their business and sales and um, brand awareness but they're also finding it hard to come up with the content and finding it all too time consuming as well. Mm. So was there a sense that they they would really value education in in this area? There was a sense that they uh, needed more help in this area, that um, they did actually, they would like to know how do you come up with more engaging content? How do you get a better return on your investment? If 80% of people are using social media and they're spending 60% of their marketing time or their marketing budget um, on social media, how do you you get a better return for that? But also, what is the return for that? How do you uh, judge the return? for that if it's not in sales so there Mm -hmm. was a real sense of that and I know that um, there's a couple of big federal um, government programs that are you know that are winding up towards the middle of this year which is you know all about helping these small business owners so again I'm hoping that government sort of sit back and think to themselves is it time to finish those programs or is it time to reinvest in these programs or perhaps reinvest in a new program because clearly the need is still out there. Mm. Now, what about um, technology? I imagine that also played a, a big role in the survey. What kind of findings did you get there? 
Yeah, so 41% of small business owners said that they were concerned um, about the impact of new technology on their business. Um, I think... Uh, if you had a surveyed them in January when ChatGPT was all the rage and everyone was talking about it, maybe it might have been 80% of people were a little bit concerned. But um, it, it, interestingly enough, though, um, you know, 60% of people actually, oh, sorry, not 60%, a third of people said that um, they didn't believe that technology would replace human roles. So that was a little bit interesting there. So as much as they're concerned about technology, it's not from a replacement of jobs um, point of view is my reading of the survey. They're concerned of keeping up with technology and making sure their business can continue to grow um, despite or with the technology that is actually coming into their world all the time. Mm. So do business owners feel like they were keeping up with with the changes in tech because uh, thanks to COVID there has just been so much of an acceleration in digital technology? Yeah, look, interesting. And I thought this was one of the stats that I was really quite surprised about was only 4% of people said they had poor knowledge of technology. So most people do actually think they've got a a fair to good handle on technology or are willing to learn new technology. Um, Most people to get their knowledge, though, were using free resources. The top answers were watching YouTube videos and searching on Google to learn about new technologies, listening to podcasts um, and then we had the paid strategies that were under there where people had actually invested in courses or attended events or actually then um, hired an IT consultant or uh, you know hiring someone in technology to help them. So people aren't concerned about it, know that it's out there, know that they need to move with the times and seem to be quite willing and happy to do that but they're looking for the free resources first before they're actually um, looking to hire and pay for the knowledge that's needed, which again is a little bit interesting. Mm. I guess uh, if you're talking about your businesses in regional Australia that can barely pay themselves, how are they going to pay for for courses to get that education that they need. Yeah, it all starts to glue and make sense, doesn't it, when Mm. you sort of look at it as an overview. Uh, And I think that has been the most delightful thing about being involved in this survey is having access to these stats and really being able to paint that picture and glue the jigsaw pieces, uh, you know, pieces together and see, you know, why one thing's in, you know, is sort of interlocking interlocking to another thing. Um, It all really does make sense. Mm -hmm. So did you also look at stuff like the, the cost of living and how that was impacting businesses? Um, we looked at it from a pricing point of view as to whether or not they had seen their prices increase or their costs increase. And 91% of them said that um, that prices had actually gone up in the last 12 months or so, which is probably no surprise to any small business owner or any listener at all. Um, and 61% of them actually said their prices had been had gone up over 20% which is a huge number to mm. in 12 months to think that your business out you know costs have actually risen by 20%. Um 32% of them said it was between 5 and 10, but 
you know, by Saturn, that's over a third had actually said that their um, prices had gone up by 20%. Um, they feel that, you know, in 2023, the only way to survive is to actually increase their own prices, as well as looking for new markets to enter as um, and increasing online revenues. So I guess there would have been a certain percentage of um businesses who did this survey that perhaps were in the e-commerce uh, and was sort of thinking okay I've had my bricks and mortar and you know uh, increasing ways that I can sell online whether that be through marketplaces their own website socials um, that was certainly a stat that came through that 33 percent of them were like I need to you know utilize this online selling platforms more um but interesting enough, 23% said that they would have to increase their prices. But when, you know, 91% of them are saying that their prices have increased, but only 24% are saying that they're going to pass those prices on. Again, that's a bit of an alarm bell as to why that is. Um, and I assume that is because they're scared of losing customers and they're scared of their competitors, you know, taking some of their customers. Um, and some actually 21% of them said that they just didn't know how to raise their prices, how to... Um, how to work that out or how to put that out to their customers that their prices were going up, which again was a little bit of an interesting statistic to come through. It is an interesting uh, conversation, I think, because is it Andrew that wrote the someone has to be the most expensive, why not? Why not make it you? That was Absolutely. his thought, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would have plenty of advice for them as to why they should be considering. Um, raising their prices and it beyond the fact that their own business costs have gone up like mm, yes definitely it's a great book if you haven't read it then um, take a look at it because it really does make a lot of sense and especially in 2023 I think there's invaluable advice there but you won't be surprised to know that pricing was actually his his part of the survey (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good to know. I'm sure there were some very pointy questions then. But what about um, the numbers? Were were many of of the businesses really aware of their numbers and their cash flow, or is that also an area that was kind of falling off their radar and they needed more help with? Yeah, we felt that that was really something that had fallen off their radar. Uh, I think one of the biggest um, issues that came out of the survey overall was uh, their top challenges was managing their cash flow. So that sort of leads into a lot of financial decisions you know, being made. If you're not managing your cash flow, then again, how are you making those decisions, um, which yeah, I guess the the next top challenge that they were having was experiencing burnout, which was kind of like, okay, if you're not managing your cash flow, then possibly, you know, that is contributing to the overwhelm of being small business. Mm-hmm. So many interesting findings, Jen. So it, can people download the report and have a look at it for themselves? Yes, absolutely they can. And if I was super organised, I would actually have the link to that. <laughs> oh, let me see. Um, uh, I, uh, you can download the report at, I've got a bit.ly link that Katrina sent me. So oh, yes, <laughs> I'll drop it in the episode <laughs> notes. But if anyone is listening 
HTTPS, which is obviously the secure part of, of <laughs> any website, colon forward slash forward slash bit dot Lee forward slash survey report 2022. Um, but yes, I'll drop that in the survey notes because that was in the show notes because that was very much a, a mouthful. <laughs> um, any last um, findings that you'd like to draw attention to? No, I think that um, small business owners, I think, you know, the idea behind the survey was to help them feel like they were being heard. Um, so if anyone is listening and they have any feedback for us or they download the report and have any feedback or or things that they would like to see in the 2023 survey that we do, please feel free to reach out uh, to any one of us. That You know, there was five of us who did the survey or... Um, there's actually an email address at the bottom of the um, survey findings that you can get in touch as well. But for us, it's about helping small business owners. So if we can be of help, please reach out. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you for your time today and uh, so many interesting findings there. I hope our listeners really enjoyed hearing about the state of play for small business in Australia right now. Thank yeah. you. No, thank you for the opportunity. It's been great. Yeah.